I'm reading today from the book of Hebrews, starting in chapter 3 with verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, lest us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I want to highlight a few of the comments that are made in the scriptures that we just read in Hebrews 3 and 4. And of course, Paul was speaking to the Jewish believers, and he was talking about the Exodus. And so I did a little research. I went back, starting with Deuteronomy chapter 1, starting with verse 8. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. So that was Moses talking to the Israelites once they had come out of Egypt. And then you can read the whole chapter of Deuteronomy because it's quite interesting. But I'll skip ahead to verse 25. And this is Moses talking to the people. So I took 12 of your men, one man from each tribe, and they spied out the land and took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought back word to us saying, it is a good land, which the Lord our God is giving us. Now here's the interesting part, because then he says, nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of your Lord, your God. And you complained in your tents. And then they started blaming the Lord. And they said things like, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakin there. So we know that the spies that were led by Joshua and Caleb went into the land. They bring back the fruit. They talk about how plentiful the land is. It's a good land. And oh, but we can't go up there because they're giants and they're way too powerful for us. And so they went to their tents and they just started complaining about the Lord and blaming the Lord and saying, you hate us. God hates us. I think this is really interesting. And this is a very good example for us today because so many times, rather than entering the promise of his rest and trusting in his provision, we instead see all the obstacles, all the reasons why that we can't go forward or we can't have the thing that we know God has promised us. And so that's the topic of this conversation. 
I was actually going to start with chapter four, but because it starts with a word, therefore, you've got to read the previous verses or you won't have any understanding because in chapter four, verse one, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, lest us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So we want to learn from the examples of the Israelites, because of course, they're a picture of all of us who are in our rebellious hearts, obstinance, and far from the will of God, because we only see the obstacles in front of us rather than keeping our eye on the Lord. So let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter one, and now in verse 29. So this is after the people have complained. They've said, oh yeah, it's a good land, but we can't go because they're too much for us. So Moses says, then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord, your God, who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt. So he's trying to remind them. Don't you remember when he parted the Red Sea? Don't you remember when he delivered you from the vast army? So he continues, and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son and all the way that you went until you came to this place. And here's the kicker. Yet for all of that, you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. And so later, well, we know what happens. So then they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years and they never did see the promised land because God was angry. And in Psalm 95, 11, we read from God's words. He says, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So God clearly showed them the promised land. He sent spies into the land. They brought back good fruit. And this is after all of the signs and wonders that he performed for them as he delivered them from the Egyptians, from the army, did the crossing of the Red Sea, how he gave them food and drink in the desert. And with all of that, they still did not have the faith to go into the promised land. So I think it's interesting because, so we're going back to our original scripture from Hebrews 3 and verse 19 So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So I looked that word up in the Greek, the word for unbelief, and it means obstinate and rebellious and opposition to the divine will. And then here's another lesson for us from chapter four. So still in Hebrews chapter four, verse two, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Okay, so they heard the word, but it did not profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith in those who heard it. So that's an interesting lesson for us today. And so faith, again, doesn't just mean faith or belief in God. It implies a trust, a real trust in God that he will meet your needs no matter what you see in the natural, no matter what obstacles, no matter what hindrances, the only way that we're going to see what he has promised us, that rest is to believe and to trust on him. So it's a deep trust, knowing that no matter what we see, that we can trust in his promises. And if you go back to the Israelites There were two, of course, two of the spies that came back with a different report. 
So there were 12 of them all together. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came back and gave a good report and were trying to encourage the people. Well, yes, we've seen this, but you know, our God is for us. And I think it's interesting in Numbers 14, 23, it talks about my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. I will bring him to the land where he went. So the reason that Caleb was different, he followed God fully. He trusted in God fully. He wasn't looking at the obstacles. He wasn't looking at the giants in the land. He was saying, this is a good land. Our God has promised it to us. Now let's go in and take it. So what can we learn from the Israelites today? And how can we step into his rest? How can we enter the promise of God's rest? Because in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9, we read, There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. In Psalm 116, verse 7, after David is going through some emotional upset, he speaks to himself and he says, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. We have another clue in Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. And then, of course, in the New Testament, we know where our true rest and peace comes from. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So ultimately, our rest is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And not like the Old Testament, who had God spoken to them through the prophets, or the words of God spoken to them by the prophets, we actually have the living God in the person of Jesus Christ has taken residence in our spirit. His spirit now lives in us. So we have that promise of entering in his rest at any moment we can choose. Are we going to choose to see the chaos and the destruction and everything around us? Or are we going to choose to come back into his presence, into his peace, into his rest? We don't want to be people who shrink back in unbelief or obstinance or rebellion. We want to be people who just surrender and submit to the will of God in all that we do so that we can enter the promise of his rest. And that was one warning that Joshua gave the Israelites in the Old Testament. In Joshua 22, he warned the people, but take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And of course, that promise was fulfilled in Jesus. So for us, we will continually have the opportunity to choose either his rest, or we choose to look at the world and its distractions and the chaos and the evil. But we always have that choice. We always have that choice and that promise, that promise of rest that is in Jesus Christ. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 